life, and it's ending one minute at a time. I was blind, but now I see. Working jobs we hate, so we can buy shit we don't need. Ideas are brutal. If you had one shot, everything I'd ever read, heard, seen was now organized and available. Now you fucking khakis. Life moves pretty fast. The Biohacking Secret Show. Mega Bread Gupta, welcome to the Biohacking Secret Show. Thank you. It's more of Megha mistake Gupta now, but thank you so much, Anjali, for remembering that it was my past. I would like to leave that behind. We've already we've already burned that in a ceremony at one point in time. Maybe for for our listeners who aren't familiar with you, or or you know, may be the small percentage of people that don't follow you on Instagram at uh, Mega Gupta Official. Can you give us a little bit of your backstory or, or your origin story, and maybe how you had that nickname for at one point in your life? Uh, yes, thank you so much, Anthony. Thank you for having me uh, on your platform. I'm so uh, happy to be aligned with this. You know, I'm so happy to talk to you because we haven't spoken in so long. So, um, my backstory. Okay, um, basically, I was uh, acting in uh, in Bombay, and uh, I am from India. I've lived in India most of my life, other than a little, a few years in the Middle East. and uh, i got diagnosed with type 1 diabetes at a very later stage in life at 31 which is a very rare thing because the other name for type 1 diabetes is juvenile right. diabetes and i was in this big city called mumbai which is very similar to new york and uh, you know the big cities across the world and i did not want that life i think uh, i was always a farm girl i was always a small town girl i always had uh, dreams of milking cows and taking care of my coop and you know doing farm to table so i said this is my time to move i wanted to move to bali but i also understood bali is about 3 flights away from india and to get to my mother is it's too far a trek so i zeroed yeah. in on i'd love to go there as well i haven't been oh you must knowing you and the life you amazing. want and the life you are you know planning for yourself i think you would love a place like bali it will be very inspirational for you So uh, yeah. yeah, let me know. I've been there a couple of times. I think about eight, nine times. So I can totally sort you out where that's concerned. Holy cow! That'd be great. I might take you up on that. Yeah. So then I decided to go uh, to move to Goa, which is fairly closer to where my mom lives in India. And uh, as soon as I moved, I was struggle struggling with uh, type one diabetes because nobody in my family had it, and mine was stress induced. So it was very new to me like i mean today if somebody speaks about okay you have high blood pressure i know how to handle it because my mom has had high blood pressure for a while uh it's under control now but at least i would know about it but where diabetes was concerned i had absolutely no knowledge or information i knew there were some keywords like sugar glucose insulin i did not know if you're supposed to take insulin when your glucose goes high or glucose goes low And yeah, you're like, oh, this is all that shit Peter Ati has been talking about. I know. So when the doctor told me, okay, you're diabetic, <laughs> I uh, literally came home, flipped my laptop open, and I'm like, what is diabetes? I remember typing that at the age of 31, and uh, <laughs> it was a black hole. So after that, I moved to Goa. I was struggling with uh, putting on muscle. I was constantly hungry. I was. constantly sad because by then i had tried a lot of uh, nutrition plans paleo keto um autoimmune protocol in intermittent fasting it's something i still stand by even now but uh, vegan joint vegan juicing fasting water fasting you name it i'd done everything and i was not satisfied so uh, as soon as i moved luckily someone just mentioned carnivore and someone mentioned biohacking 
and I again put on my research boots and got on to both of them and they both helped me a lot like suddenly I was able to put on muscle I was feeling more energy in my body I was feeling like I was filling up from the inside you know I wasn't hollow anymore I felt like my brain fog was going away my glucose was steady so I just started documenting that journey on my socials because I have been an actor and so I have like you know this decent following and a verified account whatever so that putting all this information up on the platform just suddenly changed things you know internationally people started messaging me calling me people who are in this field they started following me and I was like wait I was just this regular girl in Goa biohacking my life and improving my health but now everybody sees this and uh, the last year has gone in uh, visiting places, learning at conferences, meeting people, meeting uh, like-minded a community and which is right now not present in India. And uh, so my aim is to go learn and bring that information, knowledge and health back to my country because it's a fairly new concept in India and there are not very many biohackers in India. And as a country, we are, we are always like a step or two behind the US in catching on the latest technology and the science. So right now, mm -hmm. I'm in that sweet spot between learning and educating my country. Very fascinating. So at 31, um, I won't ask you how that relates to where you are now in age, but at some point at 31, you were diagnosed with type one diabetes, which basically means your body is not, your pancreas is not producing the insulin necessary to dispose of glucose and sugar and get it into your muscles and liver. But that's something that usually is, happens with children, whereas the stuff that comes later in life and normally not till 50s, 60s, 70s is type two diabetes, where you have like insulin resistance, where your cells just won't, they're not as sensitive and receptive to the insulin shuttling glucose into the muscles and liver. Is that accurate? Yes. So, uh, so they said it was stress induced and like, have you scratched your head or played detective and been like, what do you think it was? You know, like I, I, I feel like all of us, especially if you have a, a mind for tinkering, you know, you sometimes read something and then you reflect back on your experience. What have you thought it could be? Anthony is very nice of you to not ask me my age, but I'm very proud of my age. Uh, I'm 38 now. Uh, and 38, very nice. Yeah. So this was like six, seven years ago. Yeah, this was about six years ago. So I'm 38 now. And uh, I did not really have to scratch my brain as to what it was because I do know that those two years of my life were extremely stressful and I did not have the awareness about stress management the way I do now. Um, I mean, in short... We lost my father overnight and uh, six months later, yeah, because of that pain, my mother got diagnosed with type uh, with stage two breast cancer. And personally, I was going through a rough period in my relationship. So everything kind of came together and it was just extremely stressful. Like it was extreme acute stress on myself. And I did not know how yeah. to handle it. I did not know what how to handle grief. I did not know how to handle the trauma of my father passing away overnight. So all I just I literally like drank up the entire grief and kept it within me. And it was so bottled that in my 
in my processing it now i understand that my pancreas gave up on me temporarily they say you cannot heal type 1 diabetes but i think i can heal it so it was a no brainer i knew what led to it excellent and then so you started eating carnivore how did you sometimes with carnivore i have a little bit of difficulty putting it into practical application like one of my buddies jeff leone does it and he hunts all of his own meat. He's like leading hunts in Texas. So he'll kill his own elk and venison and then butcher it. And like the way that it's, it's supposed to be done. And I'm going on a hunt with a client later this year in November, cause I wanna start learning how to do that. But in the meantime, it's like, I'm like, do I get burgers and cook up burgers? Do I just eat steaks every day? How did Mega do it? How did you go carnivore? What was the practical application and what did like a day look like? I just flipped from a regular nutrition plan to carnivore. There was not any easy, smooth, slow transition. One day I was eating everything and the next day I got on carnivore. Luckily for me, my body accepted uh, the carnivore nutrition uh, way of living very, very smoothly. Like people uh, feel uncomfortable, they feel heavy, they feel constipated, they feel like, you know, sluggish. Nothing like that happened to me. I was totally fine. It was like my body was made for carnivore uh, way of eating. I think a lot of it for me is my mind game. For me, hunting meat, uh, you know, cooking it over fire, eating it with your community, with your family, with your tribe is a very primal way of living to forage in uh, the forest and get hold of these things is a very um, primitive, ancient way of living. And for me, because I think like that in my head, my body accepts it really easily and fairly well. Mm -hmm. I also do a lot of organ meat, which I know that most men also can't eat. Like I know people who cannot eat cooked beef liver and I can eat raw beef liver and raw i do eat it raw unfortunately in india right now we don't get the best quality beef so i don't do raw yeah. that much because that would be uh, that wouldn't be safe but uh, when i was in bali last year exactly like nine months ago i was there for two months and of course the quality of meats are really good so every day i was like you know eating raw beef i was eating raw beef liver because the quality of the meats is much better so really? uh, yeah, I just went cold turkey and uh, I just started eating it. It wasn't well accepted by my community because I'm born into a Hindu family and in uh, Hinduism, oh, we right. worship... sacred cows. We worship the cow. So when I started yeah, looking up intense. on my socials... I got a, <laughs> You're like, that's all I eat. <laughs> yeah, so I got a lot of hate messages at the start and it, it was... Um, it, it, it didn't bother me one bit. I was like, guys... I am born into a Hindu family, but I have a body. And if my body functions best on eating meats, I am going to eat meat because God did not tell me that you are born a Hindu and you have to be a Hindu. God told me that you are a body and you have to take care of yourself and you have to be fit and healthy. And if for that I have to eat beef because it works for me, I am going to do it. And initially, uh, the community took a long time to uh, accept it. But now they've understood this is me. And I'm always like, if you don't agree with what I do, the way I live, you're most welcome to, you know, leave this community. I'm not asking you to stay here. So that was uh, that was uh, an ordeal. But other than that, yeah, my body just accepted it really well. 
I'm fascinated by especially the meat and the raw meat. Um, I'm not sure if you're familiar at all with this guy, um, a Jonas Vonderplanitz. Um, he's got all these different books, like a recipe for living without disease. And um, they're none of his programs, they cook anything. They're eating like raw eggs, raw meat, raw beef, raw organs, fruit, everything. And a big one of his um, tenets is that we're so devoid of these enzymes that we need to break down the food. And then when we cook it, we further you know, create this dead food that's devoid of the the very enzymes that we need. And then our body gets depleted over time. What did you research that got you to say, okay, I can eat, I'm willing to eat raw meat and then to pull the trigger on it? Because I've done it. It's not uh, an, an easy thing. You know, I was doing big plates of raw elk, like tartare with egg yolks, yeah. and that was delicious. But then I'd travel and I'd be like, I'd be walking into like an Ingalls in North Carolina and I'm like, I don't want to eat any of this raw, you know? What is it? It's just very difficult to, I don't know. It was, it was kind of like a shady grocery store. Uh They had very little like grass fed beef that looked like it was fresh and quality, you know? And I'm like, uh, it it was, it was, I I had a hard time sticking with all raw. And I'm curious, like, you're a very tough woman. You do ice baths and and all sorts of stuff that um, a lot of people would be intimidated to try. But what did you see that was comp- that compelled you to pursue the path of raw meat? I remember doing this research, Anthony. Honestly, three years ago, I don't really recollect what it was about raw meat specifically. I think the nu- the nutrition is more bioavailable in raw meats. Is that why we do raw meats? I can't remember. Why do we do raw meats? Raw meat, yeah, it, it is supposed to be. Usually when you cook things, there is an inverse relationship where it can become, um, well, at least with with vegetables, it can become more digestible, but lower nutrient content. Yeah. Um, and then you can also make it, you know, but you can, you can increase nutrient absorption by adding fats. With meat, I'm not sure. But I do think that, I mean, at least some of the videos that I've seen um, with that gentleman that I mentioned, he was talking about how um, a lot of times like, yeah, it's just, it's too much digestive burden to put a whole bunch of cooked dead flesh in your body. And when it's raw, it's easier to digest, assimilate and absorb. I certainly felt that with like a tartare or like, you know, ground beef type stuff. Yeah. You felt it was easier to digest, right? Yeah. Compared to if I could make meat. it taste good, in some cases, I actually preferred it. I was like, I like this better than, and then now if I overcook something, I'm like, this is terrible i don't even want to eat yeah yeah overcooked is a strict no for me uh why i started eating raw was because yeah i did some research and i found out that it was more bioavailable it was easier to digest at the same time again for me it was can i do it can i not do it is do i have the guts to do it so a lot of it was also mental i look at everything as a challenge which may not necessarily be a good thing but it's not a bad thing either because it gets me uh get through a lot of situations without cribbing or whining or, you know, complaining about it. And the minute you decide not to complain about something, the whole situation becomes much more easy. Like a problem becomes a problem only when you think it's a problem. So for me, it was a mental game of being able to eat raw beef liver and also knowing that it's more bioavailable. So I think those were the reasons I did it. I don't do it regularly anymore because like 
in in India in Goa you don't get the best quality meats. But when I'm traveling, mm-hmm. I'm all for all. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I like that. Um, so you clearly, your body clearly needed meat. You felt a big difference right away. You felt like things were kind of coming back online, I guess. Yeah. And then, um, what was, you know, what were some other things like, how do you monitor the health of your pancreas and the status of, of, you know, your insulin production and that sort of thing? And how do you know if you're on the right track or are you also looking at, you know, we had, um, I had a guy that was full carnivore and his like LP little a and some of his heart and cardiac markers were like off the charts. And he was like, am I going to die? I'm like, I don't think so, but let's look into this a little bit. Cause like LP little a does matter with heart attack risk. And he was like over a thousand. And then, um, so we looked at his genes and some other stuff and we just balanced his diet out a little bit more and, and everything kind of normalized. But it's like, I think for a lot of people, they got to go full carnivore for a while and then get diminishing returns and then kind of integrate that diversity again. Um, so where are you at? Where's, where are things with the diabetes? How do you monitor that? And what do you eat on like an average day today? I am a quantified Bob. I like to measure everything because the path that I have taken is a very uh, new path. I don't know any other girl at the age of 38 with hormones changing in the body, who is a type 1, recently diagnosed type 1, and who's doing carnivore. So when I reach out to doctors and I need assistance, they don't know how to handle my case because it is so unique. Any gut microbiome mm-hmm. test that I've done, any test that I've done, even uh, you know, in the US, when the call is scheduled to go through the reports, and I tell them that I'm a type 1 and I'm 38 and I'm a carnivore, uh, they are like, okay, we need to get back to you because now everything changes and we need to understand how this works. So what I like to do is not rely on people, but medical reports a lot. At the same time, I don't think any medical report can tell me that my pancreas cannot produce insulin anymore because usually when you say you're a type 1 diabetic, you're like, oh, you know, people are like, it's an autoimmune and you will, you will be insulin dependent for life. I don't agree with it. I don't think any report can tell me that my body can or cannot produce insulin. So what I do is I keep myself uh, checked at all times. I I test my HbA1c every month. I wear gadgets which help me sleep my uh, track my sleep, my stress, my HRV. Um, every four months I do more intense tests. I haven't used a regular store-bought toothpaste in about three years. I make my own toothpaste. So for that, I do my dental checkup every three months just to know that I'm on the right track so that tomorrow if I tell people you must use this toothpaste, I know that I'm speaking with experience, knowing that it works. So a lot of my, um, how, I'm able, how I'm able to be on track is by getting myself routinely tested, by keeping myself aware about what is good and what is not, what is working for me, what is not working for me. And this, and here I'd like to talk about intuitive eating. I do a lot of intuitive eating. So when I say carnivore, it is nose to tail. At the same time, I understand that there are certain limitations living in India and I will not get good quality meats and I will not always get all the organs and I will not always get what I want. So I'm about 80% carnivore and I do include some low GI vegetables in my nutrition plan. Like I'll have Brussels sprouts, I'll have asparagus. I'll have some vegetables and now slowly I do have some fruits as well. I've uh, started including berries in my nutrition plan. So blueberries, blackberries, cranberries. 
and uh, some basic fruits like oranges and everything but in very low quantity so i do keep that balance because by the end of it i cannot i don't want to be a carnivore for life like you said you know you are traveling and then it's not the easiest thing to do so i want my body to know that tomorrow if i feed it some vegetables or some fruit it should still function fine so that's my aim where carnivore is concerned and uh, what i eat in a day typically i wake up in the morning i'll have like two glasses of water and then i have mushroom coffee and uh, i do that with raw milk after which i would go work out then i would have my protein shake with collagen and uh, after that i would have bone broth and meats and eggs and uh, dinner is usually the same it's bone broth and meats and eggs depending on you know how i'm feeling like if i'm feeling heavy then i'll skip the meat and have eggs and marrow and it really depends but it's usually meats and lit- just some vegetables for sure for sure okay cool um i'm curious what was life like for you growing up like did your did your family were they health conscious did did you guys have did you is ayurveda um had was that a part of your life you know what did you grow up how did what was like the health culture like in the gupta household <laughs> gupta household uh it's uh, thank you for your question you know this is a very interesting question because just yesterday i was wondering i don't think my mother ever believed in homeopathy because we didn't do homeopathy uh growing up i don't remember popping homeopathy pills at all so interesting that you bring this up this morning or evening um according to you uh we were not health conscious in the sense that we didn't have bowls full of salads and all while we were growing up at the same time i don't remember being given uh coca cola or fizzy drinks or biscuits or chips at all like we 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 would have chocolates that would come you know somebody's traveling somebody got it for us they would be kept in the fridge for months and no one would touch them so as a family we were never into junk eating we ate home cooked food at the same time yes naturopathy homeopathy um salads and all were not part of our lifestyle for a very long time it all i mean the basic salad that you cut with your indian meal would be there but not the lavish salads that we do now so that as a family we started maybe 15 20 years ago not before that so you and i were talking like before we um well i guess i'll share a little bit about my family too cuz yes, sometimes I'd we have to, know somebody, to ask somebody about theirs and then you're just like cool thanks for sharing next question no i'm very <laughs> um, intrigued you know you mentioned some points which i'd like to have a discussion with you you're going hunting in november i want to know about that who is this friend in texas who is like hunting his own uh, meats i'm very yeah. interested so if you have yeah, yeah. an aptitude for this obviously some part of it comes from your childhood so please tell me Sure. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So, um, my, well, my buddy, Jeff Leon, I mean him and I, when, when all of the sort of 2020 COVID stuff started, I was like, I'm getting some land. And I made this, I was like, I'm getting a land, land for my family. You know, Chicago is kind of like, you got Chicago, New York, LA. It's like, those are the worst spots, maybe DC too, but that's like, the four spots you don't want to be in the US. I'm like, I got to get some land somewhere and have a nature retreat and everything. And then I was like, maybe I'll also do a community. 
and like get a whole bunch of land and we'll all pool money. So this is my buddy, Jeff. We had gone like deep sea kayak fishing in Florida when I moved to Florida with another one of our buddies, uh, Nick, who owns like high vibe superfood juiceries here in Chicago, where I, I get all my juice cleanses and stuff like that. And uh, so we'd all gone deep sea. Uh, deep sea fishing in these kayaks, you know, where like the fish is just pulling you around the ocean because you're just you're in a non-motorized boat. And um, Jeff bought him and his family bought in on some of this community that I was doing. And we'd raised like three hundred thousand dollars. And then I just realized I couldn't do both. I couldn't do like my family land and 65 acres and a whole bunch of land for a whole bunch of other people. So I was disappointed because it would have been cool for like all of our families to be in the same area. But Jeff then was like, all right, bro, I'm going to Austin. I'm going to learn to fucking hunt. I want to start getting my own meat and like all this. And he went all in and started going on hunts with guys and became so good. He became a hunter and started like leading hunts. And now he's always on Instagram. You can find him, um, Jeff Leon, L-I-O-O-N. Um, he's always now like he's posting videos of him charging up in, in waterfalls in North Carolina and taking down elk and eating like the meat fresh and everything. And uh, Mercola actually talked about him at the biohacking conference because he was running the Oglio scan machines where he's like, oh, out of like 200 people tested, only one had a perfect score. So that was my buddy Jeff running that. And Mercola's like, this kid's like so healthy. He's killing all of his own meat. He's like, he's eating it, you know? So that's my buddy Jeff. And then um, one of my other friends had, I was at his house in Idaho and he was like, you ever shot a compound bow? And I was like, no. And he's like, well, if you can pull this one back, you can have it. And I was like, all right, like some sword in the stone type shit. Whoa. So I'm like, and I pulled the compound bow back and he's like, all right, it's yours. We're going elk hunting like wow. in September. And he's like, so learn how to shoot that thing. This was in like, so this was in 2019. He's like, you're coming oh. out here in Idaho in September. You got to, you got to know how to shoot that bow. So we did like, we went elk hunting for four days, didn't actually get any elk, but like I learned how to shoot a compound bow and we spent a bunch of time and it was a lot of fun. And then another one of my clients now that I've been working with for a year, he lives in Oklahoma and he's got this big construction business and he's like, we're going hunting this fall and I'm going to teach you how to like hunt and how to like prepare your own meat and store it and everything. So I'm going to go with him in November and then go back the next year in 2024 with my other buddy in Idaho and just like go on one hunting trip a year. I, I like, I've never actually killed an animal. I, I would. And I think it's an important skill to have. I also think I'll probably cry and have to have a moment of just like appreciating you know, yeah. especially if it's like a big, big, majestic elk. Yeah. Um, but that's like, it's a skill I got to have. You know, I've got three guns and like I've probably shot them five times, you know. So it's like I'm a little bit ahead of myself in terms of like I got to develop the skill set now that I think is important. So that's kind of what I'm working on in that arena, if that answers your question there. Yeah. And then growing up, like our family, like thought a whole bunch of shit we were doing was healthy because like the TV told us so. You know, but I was like that guy where I'd, I'd go and I'd be training to I wanted to play soccer in college and I hired this trainer to like help me get better. And one time he'd take me to the track and he'd just like he'd have me doing, you know, 200 uh, meter sprints and everything. And one time I, I started vomiting after I ran a whole bunch of sprints and he came over and he's like, what's in your throw up? And I'm like, Rice Krispie treats. And he's like. <laughs> How many Rice Krispie <laughs> treats did you eat before a sprint workout at the track? And I was like, I thought it was carbs. You know, I thought it was carb loading. We had like the whole soccer team over at our house and we ordered like masticcioli, like like baked ziti, you know, like pasta with melted cheese and stuff. We're like, 
that was what we thought was healthy. Like, oh, eat a whole bunch of carbs before a soccer game. Yeah. You know, we put the, we put the whole team into a food coma. So we thought we were making healthy yeah. decisions, but we didn't know what the fuck we were doing. You know, I'd read like men's health and that was where I got my information until, uh, until college when I started getting more into it. Yeah. You've been at it for a while. I mean, we've been, uh, I think I've known you, you've, we've known each other for about three years now, plus minus. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So you've been on this journey for way longer than, uh, than me. Yeah. Yeah. I started, I created my first program in like 2012 wow. and, uh, and, and 2013, cause I got Lyme disease in 2011 and then kind of came through that and then started releasing some programs. But, um, I mean, it's, I think it's great that more and more people are getting into it and also like finding, um, I mean, you're an N of one that is essentially taking a situation and saying your averages don't necessarily apply to me. I'm not an average. That's right? so- There's no one alive doing what I'm doing. Mm. So you don't know what could happen, mm. you know? And, and I think a lot of people, I mean, I think that says something for your courage because a lot of people, if, if someone, if, a, if someone in a white coat tells them something's wrong, they get scared and we don't make good decisions when we're scared. Yes. So I think it's uh, commendable that you didn't get scared and that you said, I'm going to kind of deconstruct this mm. and find a way to give my body what it needs to heal Yes. or maybe remove what's interfering with that. Yeah, that's true. I mean, the doctor over here, when I took my reports to uh, a top endocrinologist over here in uh, India, in Mumbai, he looked at my reports and he was like, yeah, just stop driving now. You know, you can die anytime while you're driving. And I'm like, what? And (laughs) (laughs) just stop driving. You could die anytime. And my father taught my elder sister and me how to drive and swim as soon as we could do it because he always felt that girls should not be dependent on these life-saving skills. They should not Mm -hmm. depend on anyone for these. So he made sure that he taught us how to drive and how to swim at a very early age. I'm still not the best swimmer. I do not have any aptitude for that, but I drive like a gangster and I love uh, (laughs) big trucks. And so when he said that to me for a minute, I'm like, how dare you? You're taking my birthright away from me. And today I'm a well-educated girl who's informed. So I will not do this. But if any girl, if any girl from small town, if you say that to her, she will get scared and she will not do this. You know, she will not drive for the rest of her life just because somebody like you said in a white collar said so. And that's what I want to change. I want to tell people, luckily we have, you know, so much information available to us through the web Yes, sometimes it's not always correct, but be informed, talk to people, share your knowledge, exchange notes. Like knowledge is your weapon. And I, the first thing I did was I took my truck and I drove from Mumbai to Goa, which is about 600 kilometers. And I drove for about 12 hours. I stayed in Goa for a couple of days and I drove back alone uh, for those uh, eight, nine hours. And I, I wanted to go to him and I wanted to show him Uh, the finger but I decided not to because he doesn't even deserve that but at the same time I remember telling him that time itself please don't say this to people just because you are sitting in a position of power does not give you the right to break people's hearts like that so yes you're right you know Um, to be able to get up and say okay this sounds challenging but I'm still going to do it is not easy like Anthony even the trek I made to uh, Orlando recently it was a very last minute plan and 
it was tough right from the word go but i kept telling myself because somebody said this to me just before i was leaving i was very stressed out i have two dogs i have the house i had to wind up a lot of things and leave in just 3 4 days and my friend she told me megha if not you then who you know if you don't do this from india and go over there and learn and bring it back for us who and i was like yeah and that just kept me going i just kept telling myself if not me then who and it kept me going so it's not always easy but i'm ready to make a fool of myself i'm ready to go ask questions of which i don't have the answers for off because i live in a geographical area which is still taking time to reach where the rest of the world has but that must not stop us from learning like i'm very happy to make a fool of myself and ask questions even if they sound silly the modern man is devolving and at a rapid pace men today have an average iq that's 8 points lower than they were just 20 years ago men today are 50% more likely to be depressed compared to just 20 years ago are 300% more likely to be obese compared to just 60 years ago have sperm counts that are 62% lower than they were just 50 years ago and have testosterone levels that are about 50% lower than they were just 20 years ago but the reality is that it doesn't have to be this way your manhood your strength your power your energy your focus all of these things are within your control and you just need to recognize that all over the world there are people that are curing cancer there are people that are overcoming heart disease diabetes is a choice if you have the right tools at your disposal but if you are one of the men that does not want to follow this pattern and you want to take control of this stuff you want to have control over your body and mind then i encourage you to go to biohackercoaching.com fill out the short form grab a time to talk with myself or someone from our team Everything that we do is 100% guaranteed. If you're not absolutely thrilled with the results that you get, I don't want your money. I'll give it back. If you don't get a return, meaning if you don't make more money as a result of us working together because of greater energy, greater health, greater greater focus, greater mental clarity, thinking faster, working smarter, getting more done in less time, then I don't want your money. So, it's no risk to you. I appreciate you guys so much. Thank you for being a part of the Biohacking Secrets family. Thank you for supporting this podcast. If you want to level up, go to biohackercoaching.com. Thank you. You talked a little bit about the victim mindset and not allowing that to creep in, and I agree. I I think there's we sort of live in a world where I feel like effort is rewarded and it's relative effort. You know, it, it's like if there's someone that um you know that only makes $10 an hour and they buy something and it's it's $2 you know the relative impact for them is like 20% of what they could make in an hour but if someone else makes you know $1000 an hour that $2 purchase isn't a big deal for them it's like a drop in the bucket and i think a lot of times we can have and be everything that we know is possible for our life but it might take everything that we have it might take like i don't think you know if if i find myself and i'm like no one else could be going through this and make it happen doesn't matter can you cuz it's your relative effort and if the answer is yes if you had a gun to your head and you had to make it happen the universe over time will reward you consistently putting out a high relative effort based on your capacity right you know 
and but it fucking sucks when you're exhausted or it is taking everything you have yeah. and you get in bed and everything hurts and someone stepped on your foot and shoes that shouldn't be on the dance floor. You know what I mean? Like it's um, but that's what stretches us and that's what makes us grow. Yes. And when this happened, a lot of people came up to me and they're like, now we hope you will stop being barefoot. And I said, absolutely not. I believe in being barefoot and I will be barefoot as much as possible. Tomorrow, if you meet with an accident, a small accident in the car while you're driving, will you stop driving? I hope not. So I am not going yeah. to stop dancing barefoot. Yes, it's nice to wear heels and twirl and, you know, dance. But I will always be that girl who's walking barefoot everywhere. So, uh, yes, you're very right. You know, it takes everything from us. But I'll also tell you this, Anthony, I've seen this more often times than not. That just when I'm at my breaking point and I want to give up and I say, no, I cannot, I will not. And I get up and make a little more effort towards getting where I want to. The mm -hmm. entire universe conspires to get me there. It says mm -hmm. we, we try to break her. She reached her point. She reached her limit and she's still moving on. We can't. Now we give up and we'll support her. And the minute I make mm -hmm. that step, at the minute I take that step, everything around me conspires to provide what I need. Yeah, there's this um, there's this cool scene in an old movie from the 50s or maybe the 60s with Paul Newman called Cool Hand Luke. Have you ever seen that? No, it's called Cool C Double Cool 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 Hand Luke. So C zero C O O L H A N D L U K E. It's with Paul Newman, like a young Paul Newman. And he's in jail and all these guys are, you know, basically like working, digging ditches and stuff like that. And there's this bully that is picking on everybody and um, just making everyone's life hell. And he's like two or three times the size of Paul Newman. And one day Paul Newman decides that he's had enough and he's going to fight this guy. So this whole fight breaks out and everybody, you know, all the other prisoners are watching and this guy is just pounding on Paul Newman. And every time he knocks Paul Newman down, he gets up and Paul Newman gets back in there and starts swinging at him and running at him. And the guy pounds him again and knocks him down and Paul Newman gets back up and everybody's like starts feeling bad and doesn't know what to do. And, and Paul Newman won't stop and he keeps going after the guy until eventually people are cheering for Paul Newman just for not quitting. You know what I mean? He's like, he's, there's, he's not at any point accepting defeat. Yeah. You know, he's like, I'm, as long as I'm alive, I'm going to keep coming after you. You know what I mean? Yeah. And the guy ends up giving in and stop being a, an asshole. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like he made the point just by saying you, you won't beat me. You know what I mean? You may physically overpower me temporarily, but you will not beat me, yeah. you know? And that like, that energy is rewarded. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I want to say that's the spirit we're looking for. But the other meaning of this line is that's the spirit, right? That's the spirit in you that just keeps mm -hmm. going on and on and on when everything else kind of is battered and bruised. And mm -hmm. that's your spirit. Like that's what shines through. So, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And I mean, you know, there was a while like I've had I've had different health things over the years. And for a while I was like frustrated because I was like, every time I feel like I start making a ton of money and working more, I need to invest so much of it back in my health. Cause I'm like running myself down, you know? And I'm like, I'd spent all this money on ozone and different, different treatments and transcranial magnetic stimulation and this and that. And I was like, well, you know what? I'm like, there's worse situations to be in. If it's like, if my body requires 
staying, you know, to perform the way that I want it to me investing more time and energy into certain things. It's fucking great that I can afford to do that. It's great that I even know that that exists. You know, I shouldn't be complaining because I want to instead put that money towards some stupid toy that I don't need anyway, you know, and, um, it's, it's a matter of like reframing, you know, I was telling a, a guy today, like, for me, a lot of, and, and you probably have it too. It's it's a male and female thing, but there's something called the warrior gene. Have you ever heard of it? The warrior gene. Yeah. So it's basically like if, if you have this warrior gene, you're a lot more risk tolerant than most people and typically have like an entrepreneurial mindset where you're very good at like getting things done. And you're because of this gene, you're, you're comfortable taking risks that would otherwise terrify a normal person or like someone that would like prefer a, a steady corporate job, right? But part of the downside of it is that your brain actually clears feel-good chemicals and neurotransmitters at a faster rate. So people with that warrior gene, they get a hit when they complete something from their to-do list, but then the hit feels like that joy, that satisfaction, that happiness is fleeting, and then they're like, what else do I need to get done? You know, so they're very good at at execution, but sometimes need a little bit of help on the... um, finding peace and joy and happiness and gratitude in a sustainable manner. Do you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Yeah. So it's like, I I was, and I'm like that, you know, so I like, I have to gamify it and be like, okay, I would never get that Elon Musk Neuralink shit or like put metal in my head or whatever the heck it is. But if there was something like that in my brain that was transmitting to the world at all times, what I'm thinking, no, you know, complete transparency no privacy. Yeah. And it would also communicate if I was focused on something stupid or something negative or focused on what I don't want rather than what I do want. And my job, what I got paid to do in that life is be the most positive motherfucker on the planet. Yeah. People would tune in to my brain station because they'd be like, oh, I got to think more like that. Yeah. You know, that's a good way to look at it. Yeah. You know, yeah. 100%. How differently would I think? How differently would those conversations be? It'd be pretty fucking different. Yeah. You know, and that's one of the ways that I have to gamify it because it's like, if you don't want to be happy, if that's not an intention, a lot's going to be left to chance. And there'll be a lot of time where you're focusing on things that are outside of your control that aren't what you want instead of what you do want and that sort of thing. Have you found, are there any things that have been very helpful for you in terms of like your mental game, your inner game, that sort of thing? What has helped me in my mental game? I don't, I, a lot of it has to do with just the way I am as a person. Uh, I, I am just a very strong person internally and externally. And I say that today because a lot, many people have told me that now uh, I thought it was a very regular, normal thing to do, you know, the things that I do, the challenges that I give myself and, you know, take charge of. And I thought that's how everybody is still, you know, my friends or my family will be like, no, what you have just done, a lot of people would back off and not do. So I think a lot of it has to do with me as a person. And uh, what else have I done to make my mental um, game stronger? Honestly, Anthony, I just think it's me as a person and just the life experiences I've had till now that have made me get up and take charge. Like when we lost my father, it was overnight. He was, uh, obviously he was not later, we understood, but he did everything that day. He went for a walk, he went for lunch with friends, he went to the mall with my mom, he watched a movie and by night he puked blood and he was gone. So, um, you know, taking that 
handling that, handling my mom getting uh, diagnosed with breast cancer stage two just a few months after he passed away. It was all scary, but I did not have any time to sit and brood. I just had to get up and take charge and double down on what needed to be done. I could, you know, so it's, I think, life situations that made me stronger. Also, I moved out of my parents' home when I was 18 to come to India to study. We were in Muscat that time. So from the age, since the age of 18, I had to be alone, take care of myself. As an actor, it's also very difficult to know who is calling you for work really and who's calling you just because they want to meet you and have a conversation with you. So I have been, I have kept my instincts uh, and my gut so high because of living alone, because of being in that profession, because of being a girl in a crowded country like India, that slowly my life experiences have shaped me to become how I have become. So I don't think I've done anything in particular for the mental uh, for the mental strength. But yeah, what have you done for your mental strength? Try to put myself in difficult situations where I'm uncomfortable a lot. And I, you know, I've, I've told like some of the silly situations I get into. Um, I mentioned a few on this podcast, but like, for example, at the gym, I play a game where when, after I finish my workout, I'll go into the sauna and I have to stay until everyone that's in there leaves. Oh, okay. So every time I go in the sauna, I look around at who's all in there and I'm like, all right, you know, I've got the amount of time that I want to stay in, but if anyone is still in there, I need to beat them. And I do that every time I go in the sauna. And that so that ends up pushing me and, you yeah. know, sometimes getting me in some tricky situations. I ended up doing that with a guy in, an, in, in a 40 degree ice bath at uh, this place called the Chicago Sweat Lodge that's got like a Russian sauna and a Turkish wet bath and then a 40 degree cold plunge pool, 40 degrees Fahrenheit. And this guy and I went in there and it was like unspoken and I thought we were having a competition because people go in for like 30 seconds and then they're out. And this guy and I, I'd mentioned this on the on the podcast, you know, we had a conversation in the sauna talking about soccer and he was wearing a heart rate monitor. So I was asking him about what type of changes he saw between the sauna and the cold plunge and you know, so we had this whole thing and then we both get in the ice bath at like the same time. And I'm like, I feel like we're in a competition right now. And I'm kind of like looking to my side at him. And then it was like 20 minutes later in the ice bath, he finally gets out and I got out and I, and I was like, I'm done, you know? So I went, I changed and I went home and I passed out and took like a two hour nap. I was just like wow. total, totally smoked. So I do stuff like that. Um, I try to make it fun. You know, I loved I grew up with like Michael Jordan, the Bulls, and yeah. uh, actually got to caddy for Michael Jordan a bunch of times. So I saw like how competitive he was and the games that he would play, obviously on the basketball court. Um, if you haven't seen, did you see the Netflix, the Bulls Netflix documentary, uh, The Last Dance? No, I actually want to watch it. Yeah. You should watch it. Even even people that don't like basketball, it's phenomenal. Yeah. Like Michael Jordan was and is, in my opinion, the best competitor that has ever played any sport. Yeah. And and part of it was he played games with himself. You know, he would sometimes embellish and even make up that guys on the other team were talking shit to him to fire himself up. Like he would, he was a master at getting himself in peak state, you know? So I'm embracing more of that stuff. It's like, this is, this is real and it's also a game and yeah. it's a lot more fun if you gamify it. You know, that's a lot more fun than taking shit so serious. Yeah. So I've, I've started embracing playing more of these games with myself. And if, if it increases my vibration, if I have more fun, you know, if I feel more alive, 
if I'm able to reach people, you know, if people laugh, <laughs> it's like, that's all a step in the right direction. So those are some of the ways that I push myself, I guess. Yeah. I think now that you say it, I also fancy putting myself in tough situations and coming out victorious. I think that's why I started off-roading and, uh, when I started off-roading, uh, these people from Goa, the place that I live in, they all had been doing it for years. And I started and I thought, okay, you know, whatever challenge. Are you doing this in your truck? Yes. Or a special car? No, the truck. What kind of truck do you have? Uh, it's called the Maruti Gypsy. It's completely pimped up. My, the you know, completely pimped up with the uh, the... Everything, like it's got the works. I'll send you a picture later. But like I started off-roading in that, like really big tires, off-roading yeah. tires, everything. And the winch and you know, like you you name it, it was all there. And I yeah. got it and I started off-roading with them. So I thought whatever challenge they are doing on that particular Sunday, we used to go every Sunday morning in the monsoons over here. So that we yeah. get good mud tracks. And uh, we would reach a place and they're like, okay, now we're going to do this. And I'm like, okay, they all are going to do it. I'm going to watch because it's my first time. I yeah. kid you not, Anthony, from that Sunday to the Sunday that I was doing it with them, I stopped because I sold the gypsy because it's very difficult to maintain when you're a single girl. Uh, oh, yeah, I can imagine. I'm looking at these. They look like rugged Jeeps almost. Yeah. So it uh, so from, from the very first Sunday, there was not a single obstacle I did not do with them, you know. Because they were like, you go ahead and do it. If anything, we will pull you out. We will do things. Don't worry about your safety. They were like 15 of yeah. these big, good men over there. So I like putting myself in difficult situations as well so that I can come out victorious and, you know, have that, feel that sense of victory in my head. And with that's why people do bungee jumping, skydiving, so that, you know, of course, they yeah. feel that adrenaline, uh, adren adrenaline rush. But it's also, yeah. it's a mental game, right? You're like, okay, I could do this so I can do anything. And that's why people, one of the benefits of the ice bath is the mental um, game. It is the fact that, you know, when you wake up in the morning and you do a cold plunge, you are, you are going to have victory over the day because the one thing that you found difficult to do, you've accomplished first thing in the morning. And mm -hmm. that's also another benefit of the ice bath. For sure. We did... Um... I've actually been feeling a draw to go skydiving again. I've gone a few times and like at one of our men's events in, um, in 2019, no, 20, uh, 2017, I took all the guys in, uh, one of those Mercedes shuttles and they didn't know where they were going or anything like that. We had them blindfolded and I gave them a little pep talk beforehand and I took them to a skydiving place. And it was like the last thing that we were doing. And everybody did it except for one dude. He's like, look, man, my wife and I just got a new life insurance policy. And we had this like hour discussion over whether I would ever skydive because it was like more money if you skydove to get to get the coverage. He goes, and I, I promised my wife I would never skydive so that we could get the cheaper plan. <laughs> I can't do it. And I'm like, all right totally excused and then we all jumped out of a plane and it was fucking awesome and you like you feel alive and you're like oh my gosh all these like great chemicals you know it's just you don't have access to that stuff if we're if we're all cushy and cozy in our climate controlled environment all day long yeah but like one of the things that seems really cool where you're at in goa is it looks like it's pretty wild i mean you you've got like all these plants and it looks tropical and it has a little bit of this bali-ish vibe to it I mean, how would you describe Goa for our listeners? What's it like living there? 
Yeah. Uh, so, Andri, I haven't been bungee jumping ever, by the way. Uh, sorry, not bungee jumping. I have been bungee jumping. I haven't done skydiving ever. Every time I've tried. If you, if you want to come to the States, we can go skydiving and uh, you can take your van, caravan, and I'll take my caravan and we'll go to a national park. I would like all of that very much. I'm sure we'll discuss it. I see myself coming uh, in October for a talk in Miami and then in November for a talk in Denver. So, yeah, cool. I'm I'm very happy to align something and do an adventure for sure. Yeah, that'd be fun. What uh, what event are you going to in Miami? It's the Biohacking Congress. I'm speaking over there on oh, the 20th. Yeah. Oh, yeah, I saw that. You're talking about like intro to biohacking, right? Yes. Uh, I'm, Have you started thinking about what you're going to say, what you're going to share? No, so the topic is low-tox living. They put that by mistake. Oh, okay. But I'm oh, low-tox living through all your senses. Holistic biohacking, low-tox living through all your senses. The sense of sight, the sense of hearing, the sense of smell, taste, and the sense of touch, and your skin. So I just feel like right now with the FMCG, there's just so much being bombarded to us that we must use this, must use that. Honestly, all I use on my face is tallow cream and I'm very happy with it. I make it on my own. I use it on my own. No chemicals. My washroom, my bathroom feels more like a pantry because it has salt. It has used up coffee. It has all these things that I use to scrub mm, my nice. coconut oil. So I just want to tell people that, you know, even the toothpaste I make on my own. So my point now is, yes, we are moving ahead but living a simple life is not a step back. It is still the step ahead. And Big that's step what I, forward. Yeah. So that's what I want to do. I want to have my own farm and I want to, you know, forage and I want to make these things, kimchi and everything with my own hands. So my topic is low talk. My brother and his, we've got a, a garden. My brother and his wife make their own kimchi and all this stuff. My brother... Yeah earlier was like, come look at the harvest, you know, and he had this big basket of all these different wow. things that he picked from the garden and, and he had garlic and, uh, uh, basil and tomatoes. And I was like, oh, we could get some fresh mozzarella and make some caprice salad oh and, you know, God. all these different things. And it's fantastic. It's like uh, so many more clients and people that I work with and people that listen to the podcast are starting to grow their own food. And they're like, you're just, you're not going to get the nutrients in something at Whole Foods. I don't care if it says organic. And then you've got, you know, all these weird Bill Gates peels, like that A peel shit. God knows what's in it. They won't even list the ingredients. It just gets weirder the more you rely on other people for your food. And it gets better the simpler, like the simpler it is. Exactly. You know? Yeah. And you know, Anthony, this time I was in the US last month. I saw a lot of fake meat everywhere. There were so many supermarkets so weird. with fake meat. There was, uh, I don't know if it is because of the whole veganism thing or because cows emit this gas called methane and they want to put a hard stop on that. I don't know why it was, but like India does not have so much fake meat because in our yeah. culture, in Hinduism, even if you call it fake meat for us, it's like but we worship the cow and you're not going to eat it. So there's so much mental block where that's concerned. But I think in the US, it's a lot more open. I just couldn't understand if it was coming from a space of veganism and vegetarianism or if it was because of cows, you know, contributing to the whole methane game. My my take is like, and you know, I'm, I'm um, I think, understandably skeptical at this point. <laughs> um, but yeah, I, I think there's, there's a lot of it's about control. And and if you control the food supply, you control the people. And I think they make up stories that are in often asinine, 
you know, that like cow's farts are ruining our world when we've got these giant corporations just polluting the waterways left and right and oceans of, you know, islands of plastic out in the ocean. It's like it's not a cow's fart. It's because cows are food. All right. You're not going to it's anyway, that's my take. But um, the closer we are to our food, it, it I think that there's something to the life density in our life affects us. We are life. We are nature. And if you live in a concrete box in a high rise in a city surrounded by other people who are disconnected from life and trying to create a shitty model of the world based on what their phone and television tell them, it's going to be a confusing existence. If you live and you're surrounded by animals and other healthy people and and you learn from nature and you see something on, on Instagram but then you say, is that true in nature? Yes. Okay. That makes sense. Or no, that doesn't, that's not the way it works in nature. You know what I mean? It's, it's when we disconnect people, they, they're more easily fooled. And I think our health and our life expands with the more life density we surround ourselves with. It's part of the reason that like, I love being around living water and, and waterfalls and rivers and streams and oceans and animals and plants and, you know, sleeping on the earth. It's like, I haven't felt anything these past two years that has been as energizing as like when I go camp by the river in North Carolina and sleep on the ground. It's like you could sell that for more than any PEMF mat on the market right now. I've tried them all. It's better, you know, and it's like the more I go to these simple things that that people would consider poverty, the more I'm like, that's fucking riches. Like that's wealth. You know, those little kids in Africa that are like happier than any kid here with every electronic device imaginable, you know? That's Um, why I was saying that, you know, simple living is not a step back. That's what we need to tell people. You were asking me about Goa. So Goa is... Oh, yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Sorry for the tangents. No, no, it's great. But I just want to like... I've been going for like 14 hours. (laughs) No, no, it's great. I think we can keep talking. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. I'm having fun. There's so much to talk about. But basically, Goa is very much like Bali. You haven't been there, but like it's very much like Bali. It's very much like any coastal place. I recently visited Costa Rica and this lovely place in Costa Rica called Nosara. And they were like, where are you from? And I'm like, Goa. And they're like, you're from Goa. Why would you want to come to Nosara? And I'm like, because they're very similar. It's a beach vibe. It's uh, like you said, I'm surrounded by nature. There is no white noise of traffic. There is no... I'm just surrounded by nature and animals and I love it. So it's, that's it's, cool. yeah, it's exactly what you spoke about in the morning when I wake up and I open my house up and it's all just green everywhere. It's beautiful. Yeah. And I do my earthing. I have my coffee. I have my two dogs and everything just, everything feels like heaven, you know, like I feel like I'm a part of Narnia and yeah. uh, that's what I, I want. Just... Yeah, I just referenced Narnia like the other day, like two days ago. That's funny. Yeah. Um, so okay. So before we hit record, um, yeah. Anyway, I've just I've loved like the videos that I've seen where there's so much green and stuff, and I was cracking up at your dog just going crazy in that mud puddle. Yes. The other day, I was like, "Oh, that's that's gonna be a nice long bath for that boy." Uh, yeah. But it was adorable. He was having so much fun. Yeah, like everybody tells me, "Why do you let this happen? Why do, why are you doing this? It's going to be a shower for you. You'll have to give them a bath." But my point is, just because I might have to do a little more effort, 
to give them a bath does not mean i will stop them from being who they are you know yeah and you should see like dogs who are on their leash they when you leave the leash they just run for freedom and then they don't come back mm-hmm. i met this guy on the beach the other day an elderly person and i'm like just take your dog off the leash and he's like no if i leave him he'll run and not come back and i'm like that's the point my dogs yeah. don't go too far and if they go they always know where i am they'll always look back and see where she is mm-hmm. and they'll always come back and today if i call them they'll come back in an instant that's because mm-hmm. i give them that freedom and day before i met another person uh, with another labrador retriever on the beach and looking at my two dogs who were without the leash he unchanged unchained his dog his name was charlie and uh, charlie was so happy because otherwise he was just walking quietly along with his master but the minute he got off the leash he was playing with my dogs he was running most of he obviously got a lot more activity and then mm-hmm. he told me thank yeah, you yeah. you know looking at you i unleashed my dog and i'm so happy i did look at him jumping around <laughs> so that's, that's cool. what i believe in just because you might have to make an extra effort to give them a bath does not mean you stop them from living their life she loves going in the puddle let her as long as it's yeah. safe and as long as i'm deworming her and you know taking care of her hygiene it's fine and that's what i want to like tell everybody with kids like stop being so manicured with them we went and played in the mud as kids we did everything i think our generation got the best of everything because we did not really have access to phones when we were kids we went out and we played you know we went with the sun's rhythm when it was evening and it was night we came back home ate and slept so kids today are very spoiled let's not get started on that <laughs> it's it's i feel i i feel bad for them in many ways too it's like cuz they don't even know the difference they don't they don't even realize like i've seen this you know if you span out and go up 30,000 feet it's a it's a, the difference between a nervous system that synchronizes with the sun and the earth's schumann resonance and a nervous system that synchronizes with wireless electricity you know it's yeah. very it's very different but that's kind of what happens and i think as these kids synchronize they go outside and it feels uncomfortable it feels weird yeah you know it's like the opposite the, the the tablet is like that's what's familiar you know um but i it's probably not easy to be a parent either so i couldn't i couldn't <laughs> say anything in that regard um what we talked before we hit record about i said i heard michael chandler um who's a ufc lightweight um great great fighter as well very exciting fighter he said every man needs a battle to fight an adventure to have and a beauty to win. And you were kind of saying, well, that's, I feel like women need variations of that too. So of those three things, your variations, which one is your life calling for most right now? A battle to fight, an adventure to have, uh, and what's, what was your interpretation of a beauty to win or how'd you flip that? Beauty to chase, you said, and I like the word chase better. because the beauty to chase yeah win is a little bit sporty yeah i mean win we feels like once you won and then the game's over chase yeah then you start to get lazy yeah you know when you say chase <laughs> it makes it sound yeah. more exciting uh totally you, if I, if i understand your question correct are you asking me that at this point megha what do you want the most yes Well, I think my life is an adventure. I make it an adventure. I make sure of that. 
it is a battle to fight but i've made friends with my battles like if i am diagnosed with type 1 diabetes i'm like okay come sit with me what are here what are you here to teach me let's talk about this let's become friends so that i can learn what you're here to teach me and i can slowly let you go so yes my life is also a battle to fight which i've made friends with so it's a constant uh, dance about sometimes a battle sometimes a friend i think what i would want right now is uh, like you said men want a beauty to chase women like um the chase is well because and i don't mean it in a bad way that we are pompous or we think too much of ourselves no it's just innate it's primal it it is what we are built for actually any woman who says i don't need a man in my life is lying i uh, i'm sitting here at a position which might feel very intimidating for men but i have made it very clear right from the word go in person and on my socials that i actually want to be two steps behind my man and i want to be chased and i want to provide what i can to him and at the same time i want to be two steps behind my man because that's how it it's going to be difficult for him to chase you if you're always behind him yeah i mean after terrible. the chase i've got better i've got better jokes than that <laughs> so i would <laughs> don't want... hold that against me <laughs> sorry don't hold that one against me not at all so <laughs> i would flip that around like you said men want a beauty to chase uh women want to be chased women want to be in that game in a healthy manner not like tomorrow you're sitting with some other girl trying to make me jealous not in that unhealthy fashion but a nice conducive healthy chase you know doing little things for each other i think god is in little things where a relationship is concerned yes you can book each other a business class and you know take them across the world is that it's all lovely but it's waking up in the morning and making sure okay you know she likes her coffee this way and she likes it in bed and she's had a hard day let me make it and give it to her in bed it's for me it's in the small things and that chase that's what i want in my life right now to be with a healthy partner and by healthy i mean healthy in all aspects physical emotional spiritual mental financial who i don't have to mother recently a friend of mine told me she's like i'm done being a school for boys and i'm like wow that's such a lovely way to put it <laughs> she's like i don't want anybody to come and learn their life lessons on me anymore i'm done with that i want a healthy partner so that i can build a life with and not question where were you who were you with what are these games what is jealousy no you know easy communication ease of being yet the chase is on so i think that's something i want in my life now i like that do you have is there a memory of like one time where you're like that fucker did a good job with that you know maybe you're obviously not with this person anymore but where you're like all right nailed it You're asking me if I have been in this situation before? No, not really. No, but there wasn't like someone where you're like you didn't have a notebook moment. No, Anthony. <laughs> and I love the notebook by the way. <laughs> I it's one of my favorite films. I don't know how many times I watched it. Really? That's funny that I referenced that. Yeah, you it's your uh, notebook it's, moment. <laughs> no, notebook is like if somebody if you'd ask me right now which is your favorite movie, I would have said the notebook. No shot. Yeah. Funny. So Sink. I am uh, I am uh, very uh, you you can call it filmy or romantic or dramatic. I feel like my love story has to have an airport chase. <laughs> Somebody has to come behind me at the airport and say don't go. <laughs> Stay with us. <laughs> <laughs> and it's it's a very Indian film situation. 
um but no it's not happened you know surprisingly i have not experienced i have obviously dated men and it's always been very mutual oh, okay you know we're falling for each other and yeah so i've never really believed in the chase but now i'm understanding that the chase is not just like chasing being together and that's the end of the chase the chase is mm-hmm. it never ends it should it must right. never end it's like you have to i was so i was talking with a guy earlier about this and he interpreted that cuz he's with uh he's been with his girlfriend for a while they live together her kids live with him and he was like i get that beauty to chase you know and he's like but my relationship's pretty good and i'm like well i'm like it doesn't mean that you that this isn't like a a rotating wheel of chasing you know new women it could mean date your wife yeah. it could mean like you know when was the last time that you tried to you know seduce or impress or charm or romance your girlfriend yeah you know he's like he's like she plans all our shit she'll book all of it and then i just show up and you know pay for stuff and i'm like well maybe that's you know your beauty to chase it's it's kind of how you define it right um anyway so i don't know i feel like we have a lot of other stuff that we could talk about and um i wanted to talk about pranic healing and stuff but it's also kind of late and i think we could always do a part two um yeah but what are you most you sorry i'm cutting you but i would like to ask you like sure for your for as a man you would seek an adventure to have a beauty to chase and a battle to fight so where are you at with this (laughs) <laughs> I just started paying attention to it like a few days ago. So full, full disclosure, I've, I've, I've gone to work. Um, I've, I've gone to work right away. So I'm in the process of like selling my Jeep and I'm upgrading for like a 2,500 pickup truck mm. that could pull any size RV or camper. I want to get like a dope camper, as I'd mentioned, that can go anywhere. I already bought a thousand trails Southeast camping pass that covers like eight states in the Southeast United States, like Florida and Tennessee and North Carolina and Texas and a bunch of other cool ones. Um, And it's like, you can go there and I could stay in the Florida Keys or like all these really dope camping spots. So I'm working on that. And then I've been on the dating side, I've actually been a lot more like conscientious about where I put my energy because for a while I was going on a lot of dates and also spending a lot of money and also would realize very early on in the first date that maybe it wasn't someone that was life partner material or like mother of my children material, but I'd still go on more dates because I was bored and I'm like not doing any of that anymore. And, um, just kind of more focused on like, I've been taking dance lessons, learning how to do bachata. And uh, cause I'd always wanted to do that. And I'm like, I've been talking about wanting to learn to dance for like 20 years, I haven't done anything. So I just started and um, I'm sucking a little bit less every week <laughs> and that's pretty fun. And, um, and then just taking more chances, you know, being, being more intentional about the reality is like, I used to tell myself that I loved all people and blah, 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 blah. I was like, I was full of it. I really get charged up and feel like the energy exchange is like where I can play catch with someone. I feel that in maybe 5% of people, if I'm, if I'm honest. And so I've realized that I don't like the surface conversations and I like to go deeper and I like to talk about weird shit and I like to 
explore, you know, different thought experiments and, and things like that, you know, that other people would be like, uh, you know, I like going there. Um, and I like spending time with people that are okay going there too. Um, so I guess that's some of it. Um, battle to fight. That's been a lot of, um, I had an assistant that her daughter, she had a healthy two-year-old daughter that took the MMR vaccine and became autistic the same day. And um, that got me looking at deeper into those things. And um, and then all the 2020 stuff. So I've been pretty, pretty intense about that and finding my equilibrium where I don't let myself go into places like the negative emotions from it. So it's it's like learning how to be involved um, in something that's very much a David and Goliath scenario, but be strategic enough to recognize, like, if you get pulled into these negative emotions, you're losing. Mm -hmm. And it is not something that's won by a head on confrontation. It's something that's won. Um, there's this Rumi quote that was in, um, Kashif Khan's book, the DNA way that you might like, even for your mom, we were talking about how, like 96% of breast cancers are preventable because certain women have genes that convert estrogen into a toxic form of estrogen that then gets goes to the breasts and causes breast cancer. And if women knew what genes they had, and if they had this, he's like 90 to 96% of breast cancers could be prevented. So his company, um, he created, if you go to like the dnacompany.com and then we've got forward slash biohacks, they've got a DNA test that breaks down all this stuff and gets really granular into even things like um, certain people that have a variation for glutathione production can't handle um, pollutants via inhalation like mold. So there might be a whole family where everyone's fine except for one person who's totally wrecked. And it's because they've got this glutathione single nucleotide polymorphism and they can't handle the inhaled pollutants. And so like his test breaks all that down and tells you what to do. So it could be relevant for your mom. But the quote that he had that I was loving was um, it's a roomy quote. And I resonated a lot with it because it sort of reflects like some of the realizations that I've had to come to through banging my head against a wall for a lot of the past three years. And it's, um, it says yesterday I was clever. Mm. So I wanted to change the world mm. today. I am wise. So I am changing myself. Mm. And I'm like, that's kind of where I've gotten with a lot of this. I, I want, I want to help people and I want, um, I want us to have a better map of the world and what influences health and, and, you know, everything, mm. but me, an outward focus is sort of a distraction from the shit that I have to do for myself. And if I do that for myself, I'm much more effective. You know, your light is brighter and then you can actually go around lighting up candles and you're not yeah. you know, lighting up other people. You get the, you get the quote. Have you heard that quote before? You seemed like you recognized it. Yes. Yes, I have. And I, I completely yeah. resonate with it myself. So I see what you're saying. Yeah. Yeah. Well, this has been very nice. I've enjoyed our conversation. Thank you for doing it. I know it's bright and early there for you. Um, maybe we'll talk more after, you know, after your presentation in Miami and stuff like that. We'll see what else is going on. But what what are you looking forward to? Where can people follow you and stay up to date on cool things that you're working on? Is there a, a call to action for our audience members who have enjoyed our conversation and your contribution and 
they, where they can get more mega. Thank you, Anthony. Uh, yeah, I feel like we had just kind of gotten started and an hour and a half has just flown by. Uh, we, we also would, it would have been fun to discuss how biohacking in India has happened and what has India brought to the world in terms of Ayurveda, homeopathy, tantra and everything. But I yeah. will leave that for next time. Um, well, let's, let's talk about that. Why not? Let's talk about that, then, then close it out. I'm interested in that now. That was a good teaser. Okay, so I think India is the hub for such ancient healing, right? Like yoga comes from India, tantra comes from India, um, a lot of naturopathy comes from India. Most of the beautiful herbs that we use now, you know, turmeric latte has only become recently very famous in the US, but it's a herb, an herb from India, which has been there for centuries and centuries, you know. So you guys had were making golden milk before Organifi. Exactly, you know. So <laughs> exactly, like we've been having, you call it the golden milk. We call it haldi dood. Haldi is turmeric in Hindi, and dood mm. is milk. So we've been mm. having that since centuries. Like if any, if ever anybody was unwell, you had a cold, cough, or whatever, we would just make that and have it and go to sleep, and we would be fine the next morning. So um, a lot of natural- yeah, golden seal is amazing. Golden Sills, what is that? No, okay. So you said you were talking about your milk, the the turmeric with the milk, and then I thought you also said that you would put Golden Seal in there, which is like, anyway, it's an herb, it's an antiparasitic, it's amazing. It's like a natural antibiotic. Uh, I misheard you though, and okay, I was like, so yeah, Golden Seal. I got all excited. I was like, yeah, Golden Seal's the shit. <laughs> yeah, you've been having. Have you tried it? Yeah, yeah, it works. It works phenomenally. There's a company, Supreme Nutrition Products, and they've got a golden seal. And then there's also this this uh, line of called Zhang herbs um, that that this um, traditional Chinese medicine doctor put together. And he's got a golden seal product too. They're both ph- phenomenal, and they can they can clean out uh, pathogens in the gut. Um, dysbiosis, parasites, and some people that have had really bad, like Crohn's, colitis, IBS, they've even made enemas with the golden seal powder wow. and water okay. to kind of go in, go in the other way. Mm. And, um, I haven't tried, I haven't tried that, but anyway, I, I didn't, I didn't mean to derail no, the no, thing. No, I thought no. you guys, I thought you were like, yeah. And then we put a little golden seal in there and that like tops it off. And I'm like, that is quite the mix, oh, you know, wow. that'd knock out anything. No. <laughs> so golden seal, uh, this this I haven't heard of, but what I meant was the golden milk. Like before we called yeah, it the yeah. golden milk, it was mm-hmm. haldi dood back, dating back to India a long, long time ago. So a lot of mm-hmm. naturopathy, a lot of herbalism, a lot of breath work, a lot of fasting, you know, a lot of um, Ayurvedic remedies, a lot of massages. Like shirodhara is when you lie down uh, on the massage bed and they pour like, you know, warm coconut oil on your third eye and it activates it and it's extremely relaxing. That goes on mm. for an hour, a thin trail of, you know, oil. So all of this is- Hitting your third eye for an hour? Yes. Yeah. Wow. That's it's pretty cool. It's so relaxing. Anthony, if you ever come down to India, I will take you to a place which, you know, the, it, it, there are places all over India that do it. I'm sure you might find a place uh, somewhere in the US that have these remedies. And I would even, love to do that. Yeah. And even fat coffee for that matter, you know, before mm-hmm. the whole bulletproof coffee came into being, uh, we in India had been adding ghee to our milk, to our tea and our coffee for centuries. So mm. it's actually a very age old concept. 
and but that is what health is about right if you leave leave all the ivs and the stem cells and everything if you look at it all the age old remedies that are coming up now have they've just got a modern take to it modern term to it they've been wrapped around in fancy packaging and they're presented to you but they're actually all old remedies that we are going back to and this brings me to our point that we discussed that simple living is not a step back intermittent fasting fasting all of this has been written in our books the gita the bible for centuries we are just bringing it back now mhm yeah definitely and i think a lot of people are um you know it, it's i was talking with my uncle because he's always been you know had a pretty good map of the world and he was saying he came back with my aunt the other day and he was like you can't even tell what's true and false anymore there's so much misinformation but you can trust your intuition you can kind of feel when something feels like bullshit you can kind of tell when someone's shady you know and i think there's a blessing that has come with this quote unquote post truth era in that you're going to have to develop your intuition because no amount of digging is going to get you at a conclusive definitive answer on what's true you know yeah and and so people are like paying a little bit more attention to their third eye and you're seeing people post they're like hey if your third eye is all mucked up and shitty you know don't come come on my page talking trash about my <laughs> posts you know and that sort of thing and uh it's just funny you know people are like wow how much you know how much has fluoride in in the water affected my the calcification of my pineal gland how do i open that stuff up does looking at the sun help you know what i mean if so what how much is too much right and and people are exploring that and i think we're kind of coming into a very exciting era yeah. and a time where you know people are like a lot more conscientious about yeah the threat isn't the lion maybe in in goa you guys do you guys have tigers there Oh, maybe in the forest somewhere, but not like roaming around free. We do have snakes around yeah. the house. <laughs> I saw a snake in the house. I did see a garden snake yesterday. What'd you do? Nothing. I let it be. Nothing. Yeah, that's probably the move. Yeah, a lot less likely to run into an issue. But yeah, the predators of today are not like lions and tigers. It's yeah. institutions that want to put shit in our body that's not good for us. So that's that's you being out in the forest and the savanna and having a keen eye and paying attention to your environment it's like being able to identify allies versus people that don't have your best interest in mind yeah you know it, it, there there still are these survival skills but it's a lot more intuition now yeah and um anyway i'm just ranting but no it's true I you know like you said people are being conscious the questions i get asked now are changing you know the questions mm-hmm. the curiosity is more about people and their health and like you said the third eye and how can i improve myself so it's uh, the wind is blowing in the right direction for sure mhm yeah definitely um what do you think is if you had uh one wish for humanity right now or if you could put you know let's say like you had one billboard in times square you know that that millions and millions and millions of people would see what would you put on it oh it gives me goosebumps as i say this but i would just say please be kind to yourself to humans around you to animals around you and to nature just mm-hmm. be kinder you know 
just be mm-hmm. kinder it can just never go out of fashion and be kind to yourself so many people are not even kind to themselves they are not kind to people they are not kind to animals they are not kind to nature mhm yeah that's good it softens it softens us a little bit mm. well mega thank you so much for coming on it's been a lovely conversation yeah so you're at mega gupta official oh yes in, <laughs> you asked on instagram <laughs> I'll promote, I'll promote your shit. <laughs> yes, no, Anthony, thank you so much for having me. This has been such a fun conversation. Talking to you is with is 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 an ease, you know, and that itself is a luxury. You know, it's very difficult to have a conversation with people like you were saying that I go and I sit with people and I'm like, no, I don't want to have this superficial conversation, which is why I have stopped socializing to a large extent because I don't want to know how you are and you know. uh tell me how your heart is today tell me how you're feeling today tell me the issues you face so i no longer want to put myself in places where the conversation is very superficial so i agree with you mm-hmm. so talking to you has been a very it's been like a soft breeze it's been smooth it's been gentle yet effective uh call to action you can your audience uh, if they want make can get in touch with me on the social media platform called megha gupta official There is also megahgupthaofficial dot com if anybody wants to book a consult with me or just see my workshops or see courses. So there is it goes by the same name megahgupthaofficial dot com. Lovely, lovely. And what type of uh, consultations do you enjoy doing with people? I feel a lot of people just want to have a conversation. They just want to talk. They just sometimes they have the answers. It's my job to just bring it out. And mm-hmm. I normally ask people, "Where are you at?" You know, like. health wise money wise uh, emotionally spiritually and i just help them elevate that game a little i'm not uh, a certified person i'm not a certified therapist which is why i don't do therapy but i just have a conversation with them and i try to help them where it's needed and sometimes when in their head a person of authority is telling them something they believe it you know and that's why being for you as well being that person of authority is a very delicate situation to be in because you don't want to give them the wrong education which is why on my social media i don't promote any product or service i don't believe in i'm very true to my word and i just want to help people i don't think i want to sell i just want to solve their problems and these conversations these consults are about those and also accountability you know people when they are accountable perform way better yeah definitely it makes a huge difference and it's like it's so easy for us to uh quit on ourselves you know but when you know that you have someone else holding you accountable it's it sometimes gets you into those situations where you got to stretch and you got to push and you wouldn't if you were doing it by yourself so that's cool yeah. um well mega i've enjoyed this conversation thank you so much uh we'll have to do it again sometime and then we can connect when you're coming out to the states and if we're able to do an adventure that'd be fun. I would love that Anthony. Thank you for having me over. I will see you soon and yes we we should definitely do a part 2. Awesome. Thank you. Let me know if you guys have been experiencing more of any of the following than you used to. Brain fog, difficulty staying focused, fatigue, muscle weakness or changes in balance and coordination, mood fluctuations. apathy or lower motivation sleep issues changes in sex drive or function or increased sensitivity to certain foods or just more digestive stuff going on 
in general. Now I ask because these are all warning signs that your brain may be struggling. Anyone could be an early indicator of serious things to come. And if ignored or left unchecked, especially if you're experiencing more than one, these could significantly increase your risk of dementia, Alzheimer's, Parkinson's, these neurodegenerative diseases uh, that include cognitive decline. The secret to unlocking the full potential of your brain comes down to three simple steps. One, precision diagnostics. This is why in our coaching program, we use the most sophisticated brain and neurocognitive testing on the planet. You then fix the deficiencies, those hormones, neurotransmitters, and nutrients that may be out of balance. And then you clean up the toxins, the stress, and the inflammatory microbes that may be interfering and making the whole process less efficient. I'm gonna do two crazy things that I've never done before. I'm offering a 100% money back guarantee, meaning if you follow the prescribed game plan that you and I create together and don't experience a significant, trackable, measurable improvement in your memory, processing speed, mental clarity, mood, and quality of life, I don't want your money. I wanna give you a full refund. But stick with me because I'm gonna level it up even more. If your increased energy, brain health, and mental performance doesn't help you earn at least as much additional income as you invested in the program, I'm also willing to give you a full refund. I wanted to do this so that you know that you have absolutely nothing to lose, everything to gain. If you want to level up, go to biohackercoaching.com. Thank you.